Hello and welcome to Say Something Interesting. It's a follow-up podcast from Eastlake Tri-Cities Church in Richland, Washington. My name is Brendan, the teaching pastor at the church. My friend Megan's here Hello, as everyone. well. It's been a hot minute since we've talked, Megan. Yeah, a well, couple I mean, weeks. On this, uh, yeah. we've, we've talked, but not... <laughs> Not recorded talks. That's true. That's and true. Uh, Christmas break is is now officially yep. over. I had some very uh, tired teenagers yeah, in my classroom yeah. at noon, which is when they normally woke up yeah. over Christmas. On break. the drive to school today, Lena was like, "I just don't think I can do this today." <laughs> and I said, "You've had two and a half weeks off. Like, let's let's buckle up and and you know get ready for this. It's okay. You're going to be just fine." Um, uh, but uh, yeah, how was your yeah. Christmas break? How it was, was New pretty Year's? good. It was good. Yeah, all did, of it was. Did pretty you stay chill? up and watch the ball drop? Um, I didn't watch the ball drop, but I was up until past midnight. Yeah. That's mostly because my neighborhood likes to set off fireworks. So okay. I was like, why bother falling asleep when I'm just going to get woken up? Did you, uh, was that the end of the runway? I only asked because for us. <laughs> I don't um, know what you mean by that. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is a uh, step to midnight and then we left their house at 1204. Uh-huh. Because, you know, you, yeah, New Year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. And you're like half packed up already, yeah, ready to uh, go home. Yeah. And I was asleep by 1230 in my bed. <laughs> I think that's how that Yeah, worked. that was the end. And, and we live 20 minutes away. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't stay up that much past midnight. Yeah. I was like getting ready for bed at midnight. We had an event here at the theater uh-huh. and I watched the, the next day on the cameras to see uh, that ball drop. And then at like 12.08, it had cleared out of everybody. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like at, at 11.59, yeah. the party just feels like it could go on forever. And the music's loud and everybody's yeah. having a great time. And it's <laughs> room's full. It's packed. They had a bunch of balloons up on the, like, oh, the little cool. thing. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And they had, like, money inside mm-hmm. the balloons. Oh, wow. I know. And they dropped all the balloons. People popped all the balloons, took the money, and then just jammed out. <laughs> that's how that worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't my event. I don't care. But, um, yeah. Uh, it was, that's it was, pretty cool. It was rather funny to see. Uh, you're back at work. You're yep. back teaching. Yeah. Uh, and how did, it, how did it go with students today? Everybody They were psyched? pretty good. Yeah. There was, like, a lot of kids there who weren't necessarily there very often before breaks. So I don't know if, like... They're like, oh, I guess my mom. Now I have to go back. Yeah, I gotta go to my school. report card came through the yeah. mail and my parents saw it. <laughs> or so. I don't know what. But um, so I had decent attendance, which was good. I was good. like, all right, all right. Um, we'll see how that works as the days go on. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, it was pretty what normal. What was the most fun thing you did over the two-week break? Two and a half, two and a half, really, almost. Um, most fun thing I did. I don't, I don't know. I hiked candy a couple times. Okay. That was fun. Um, we did badger once. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't. I was chill. Winter break for me is like a. You said that relaxing. You, you break. said that it's the most chill one that you usually yeah. get back into Harry Potter. I know, but I didn't. I think like um I like did <clears throat> random stuff with people more this break than I did last year. Mm. But so, so people got in the way. Is yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I was like watching more. I was like watching TV and stuff too, but I didn't actually really read anything. And I was working on my. Did you watch reruns of old stuff, or did you watch new things? Um, a couple new things, and then a lot of like reruns of stuff. Because so. we we went up to uh, Packwood, mm-hmm. like above, just past yep, White Pass. I know where Packwood is. And uh, stayed in a little Airbnb that my sister found, and yeah. we went skied White Pass for two days, which was our fun, like favorite thing that we yeah. did over the over the break. But also. On the drive into Packwood, um, obviously it's in the mountains, mm-hmm. and it was 
late at night because we didn't leave till like Wednesday evening. Uh-huh. And we passed what I thought was um, like a giant moose statue. Oh, was it an actual moose? Not an actual moose. It was an elk. Oh. But all of a sudden the <laughs> tail twitched and Kyla and I were both like, oh my gosh, that thing was real. That was a real thing. <laughs> it was enormous. Yeah. Enormous yeah. and three feet off of the road. Yep. Uh, and then five feet later, or five feet later, five minutes later, we passed another elk. This one was a smaller female on mm-hmm. the right-hand side of the road. Um, and then when we pulled into our house, two lots over from us were about 20 of them just yep. chilling uh-huh. and hanging out. Yep. And just, we had our brights on, and they were just like, what are you looking at, yeah. man? Get to your house. This isn't your lot. This isn't even a lot. Get over there, right? And uh, then uh. we... Uh, so then we, when we got in, my sister was like an hour behind us. And uh-huh. when we, when they came in, we said, did you see all those elk? And they're like, no. And the, Oh, you was, must have hit them right when they were like finishing up grazing. and Probably. Stuff. It was like dusk when we yeah, were there. Yeah, so it yeah. wasn't quite dark, dark. It was yeah. like you could still make yeah. out shadows and stuff like that. And when they were coming up, they were like, and, and I said, did you, like that drive through White Pass is yeah. like, you're on a cliff. Yep. And that's a huge, I don't know how many hundreds of feet, but several <laughs> hundred feet of a drop off. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, I was bummed because they they you they had never done that drive before." Oh, and I was yeah. like, "You missed like the most beautiful drive ever." And she's like, "Oh, is it like like scary or something?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's frightening." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, we were flying. I'm so glad <laughs> that we did not see because we were flying to get here because we knew we were late. You know, all that kind of stuff." Ooh, and I'm sure that's not the, a road you fly uh, on. No, I'm sure on the drive home they were like, "Do you remember when we were going 70 around yeah. this curve?" <laughs> Do you remember that when there were like animals everywhere and we were flying 70 and that road is like yeah. kind of sketch anyways? Yeah. It's half not... of it's like falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. It was wild. That's and a no. then I said, well, you miss, did you at least see the elk and see all the, the animals next door? And she's like, no. And thank God I didn't because they watched that new Netflix movie <laughs> called The World Gets Left Behind or the Leaving the oh, World Behind. Oh, with Julia Roberts, that, right? That one. I didn't. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. I heard it was good. And Brittany, my sister, said in that movie, like, there's like apocalyptic, like the world yeah, is kind of uh-huh. going but crazy. But kind of like a different take on apocalyptic. It, it, it is. I don't yeah. want to give too much yeah, away because yeah. I think it's part of the plot. But in that movie, it's a, it's like horror tense, like um, not horror in terms of bloody guts mm-hmm. everywhere, but like just like tense music like the thriller. whole time. Yeah. Thriller, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And animals come out of the woodwork and like <laughs> stare at the, the family oh. through the windows. <laughs> And Brittany's like, we finished it last night. And if I had seen 20 elk like you're describing, I think I would have not gone to sleep tonight. I think we would have packed up and gone somewhere else. And uh, so anyways, it was uh, it was great. We had a great time. But Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Good to be back, though. Excited for routine again. I'm sure yeah. uh, you're the same way. Yeah. Vacations are always good. And then by like that week and a half into it, 10-day mark, I'm usually like... <laughs> Like kind of itching around the neck, like yeah. I just want to get yeah. back to like a little normal normalcy would yeah. be fantastic. Nice. So, um, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, you want to jump into Sunday or yeah, let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we kicked off a new series on we Sunday uh, called Known. It's a series on community, and we looked at a story in the Gospel of Mark about Jesus's interaction with a woman who is trying to seek some sort of healing thing from him and reaches out to touch his cloak. And not only does it happen, the healing happen, and not because he turns and tells her, you know, it says the magic words, it does anything, but something takes place 
And her response is not to like move on and and get away from it all and go whatever, do else. It, it's to begin to come back and have a conversation with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I thought one of the most magical parts of that story is his willingness to um, stop what he was doing in the midst of a crowd who's all for him and, and on his way to somebody far more powerful and far more influential mm-hmm. and have... Uh, a, a moment with her that she feels known, that she mm-hmm. feels like he sees me, he cares about me, and you know, and yeah, I'm healed. But there's also like an, a, another element to that that I think was an incredibly powerful part yeah. of the story. And then his his just comments to her of of your your faith has saved mm-hmm. you, your faith has healed you, uh, in that way. Um, well, I just, and I'm sure like the way the story lays out, like she has been ill for a long time and like she's bleeding. Right. So that's like a woman issue, which probably meant she was really unclean and really ostracized. And And when you say unclean, of course you mean, I mean like religiously and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to be clear on, in terms of lack of participation Uh in all of the things that are supposedly make you holy and righteous and loved by God and seen by God and you're not qualified. Yeah. Right. And, and then, you know, Medical professionals today don't even take women issues that seriously sometimes. I can tell you many stories of women in my life who I know who talked about having like bleeding, excessive bleeding for years. Let's go into that. Let's change the rating on this podcast and go into that a little bit. Uh, But for years before a medical professional took them seriously. Yeah. Right. And so like before they were like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. Yeah. Like they were just like, no, that's just normal. That's normal. That's normal. Even though this woman is like, it is not normal. This cannot be normal. Yeah. And then they have and then they have a football sized tumor taken out of their uterus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like. You know, uh, today women are struggling to like be heard and be seen with those kinds of issues. Imagine first century women having those kinds of issues and trying to seek help and trying to spend money to seek help and just being turned away and be nope, can't do anything for you, can't do anything for you, can't do anything for you. Add into that a first century mindset towards um, chronic illness Mm -hmm. um, being... uh, uh, in alliance with your morality, yep. um, and you add another element that I didn't even go into yeah, on Sunday in my talk. <laughs> um, but no question, if you are, if you had been, if you were sick temporarily, they might be able to be like, you caught a bug or you you did this. Mm-hmm. But something like this, this for that long with no help, like you did something wrong. There's something wrong yeah. that you did. Yep, no question about it. This is your fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which changes how people try and help you or help you quotes, right? Yeah. Um, And so here's this woman who's just been completely ostracized for 12 years. And she's not even asking Jesus. She's like, maybe if I can just touch his cloak. Yeah. That will help me. Yeah. I I bet that would help me. Yeah. Like, I don't even need him to acknowledge me. It's okay. No one, no one acknowledges me. Why would he? Why would he? Right. He's too busy. Yeah. Helping Jairus with his daughter. Right. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't matter. It's okay. Maybe if I can just. Yeah. And then to have him turn and see her yeah, and say, wow, what just happened? Something just happened. Who just touched me? Yeah. And can you imagine? I would be petrified. I would be like, nope, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see this, but I'm pointing yeah, to yeah. somebody next to me. <laughs> but or, for her you know. to be like, oh, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and here's why. And... Uh, you know, and I don't, does she explain here's why in the no, story? No, yeah. no, 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 He knows why. Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. God. Yeah. Um, but like that moment, like what a relief. Yeah. What a relief that would be to just, to be like, oh my gosh, he turned around and talked to me. Yeah. 
he saw me, he acknowledged what happened, you know, and there was no condemnation. There was no, how dare you touch me without my permission. There was no, yep. there was no none of that. It was like, oh, I need to acknowledge this human. And I think uh, an element too of it would be, yes, she was healed, but I think that there's there's part of it where she would have been like almost not just as fine because obviously you want to be healed, mm-hmm. but like there would have been some element of, I know even if you can't heal me, at least you listened to me. Yeah. At least my story was shared. It's at yeah. least at least somebody acted like they cared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and yeah, it um, is the healing really complete without the acknowledgement? Yeah. Without Jesus turning around and acknowledging her, like yeah, maybe she's physically healed, but is her emotional healing? Yeah, no, starting, probably not. Right, right? the and scar, so, the bitterness the, of yeah, all of the people yeah. who have told you forever mm-hmm. this is your fault, like you did something, and all of a sudden him turning it on, like your sins have the, the all she's ever probably heard is your sins yep. have caused this for you, and then what does Jesus say? Your faith has your healed faith you. has healed you. Yeah, not like your sins I haven't have healed you. This. And it's not, he's not taking any credit. Like, this is you. You yeah. have healed yourself through your faith. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I, I think that's, that's like the completeness of it, right? Like, Jesus was a whole human person. Yeah. Like, not, like, he looked at people as whole people. That's what I mean by that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, when in education they talk about, like, teaching the whole child, right? So not just, like, dumping, it, like, information in, but, like, actually knowing who that kid is and knowing their circumstances sure. and like you have a responsibility yeah. as a teacher not just to be like here's the information about yeah. how science and biology and, and earth science works yeah but also are you, you know are you, are you doing okay yeah you know? yeah <laughs> have things at home well and and knowing how things are at home so when you get weird behaviors or when something happens you can have you don't write them off that, right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah but and jesus was that kind of person right he wasn't just concerned with the physical or just the whatever like he wanted to have whole people yeah. around him. And you can't do that unless you see someone. Yep. Like fully. Right. You know? Yeah. And and so, I, and I know we jumped into like the Bible story part of it and I had to, there was a setup in there about the AI piece of, uh, of how the world is kind of rotating and working. I even mentioned, included a story of my wife receiving turned in papers from students. <laughs> and I'm sure it, as a teacher, you yeah. had something similar, although hers is English. And so there, mm-hmm. it probably is more, prevalent in where you're like hey you need to come up with a couple paragraphs and write things and be yeah. creative mm-hmm. versus do you know uh what rock layer is yeah. <laughs> uh, underneath you know? although i will say like um because we do writing in science right yeah, yeah, yeah um and so i have had kids turn stuff in and i have been like i haven't used any of these words <laughs> once when I've been explaining this process to you so if you can explain to me what this means yeah then okay, but I'm pretty sure you got this from chat GPT yeah, or somewhere, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, um... <laughs> yeah, no comment. Yeah. Plead the fifth. I have a fifth amendment, yeah. right? Yeah. That I don't have to... <laughs> uh, I was like, if you're not giving me the answer back in the phrasing that I have said it to you a million times in class, then I know it's not from your head. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's coming from some computer source and how somewhere. do you how do you handle that as a teacher right now? Um, Because this is something that teachers 20 years ago didn't yeah. have to deal with. I mean, for the most part on assignments where they would have access to that, it's like, I just am like, whatever, make, I make them redo it. Or, yeah, yeah. um, I am like, it's like a classwork assignment often. And so I'm like, okay, I mean, you're going to have to take the test pen and paper yeah, without any electronics uh, access to you. So 
I don't know what that's going to, that's not going to serve you very well when you have to get it out of yeah, your brain. Three days later, you're talking about the Paleolithic theory and yeah. uh, era and you, you, you knew all of this stuff. Yeah. And now you don't know. And now you can't spell dinosaur. <laughs> or like, you know, you were explaining in such detail to me how proteins are made with sure. all of the words. Yeah. And now you can't tell me what the simple steps are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, interesting. Um, very interesting. But, so, bad, di- bad day today, yeah. Miss Bojan. That's, what, that's my problem. It's just, I didn't get good sleep last night. Yeah. So that's kind of like, for me, it's not as huge of a deal because their assessments are done in class with me sitting yeah. there um, and on pen and paper, like their big assessments for the class. So um, it's not like I don't deal with it on a day to day, I think, or as intensely as English teachers do. Um, but I do know whenever English teachers in our school, she has started using chat GPT in her classes. And so, and teaching them, teaching students how to like, how to use it correctly, how to use it correctly and how to like get papers edited by it. Um, and she said it was actually really validating because chat GPT gave them same, the same comments she had given them on their paper. And so, and she was like, "See, (laughs) (laughs) I'm as smart as a computer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I I think the angle in which I took this and try and I weaved it into I steered it into faith, but the book that I was referencing is kind of a jumping off point for me. This uh, How to Know a Person by David Brooks. Um, as I as I'm reading it, I'm thinking about like uh, this is so true for teachers. Uh, I'm looking out into the crowd on a Sunday and being mm-hmm. like, this is good for the guy who owns the car dealership. Mm-hmm. This is good for the the person. Like your your thing about like you cannot just be a source of information mm-hmm. for these students because that's not really the role no. of a teacher. Well, like, and uh, while you were talking, I was like, the students who come to my classroom come to my classroom because I have a connection with them. Yeah. Like if a student is going to maybe not come or come, they like if I have built a connection with them, that's why they come. Yeah. yeah. Like my students who don't care about school, like I've had several students and not all of them because you can't like, you know, I have 120 students every trimester. Like I can't build a meaningful connection with all of them all the time. But I have students who skip every other class but mine. Yeah. Regularly. And every teacher has that, right? Because you have a student that you have and a connection with. you let all with. the other teachers know that that's the case. <laughs> as yeah, you but, should. But there's some kids who skip my class who go to someone else's <laughs> class, right? Um, so you got to remember that yeah. in the equation. Yeah. But like Two sides of every coin, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I... Or kids who I'm the only class they're passing because yeah. I'm the only teacher who they care about. Yeah. Right? And so... And that's not necessarily because the other teachers aren't trying or aren't doing it. It's just like personalities or when you catch a kid or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, and it matters so much more my connection that I have with them and my knowing them and my seeing them than what I know or how I present that, what I know. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, that is like the least concern as far as them being successful in my classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause if your goal is to teach them what to think, then you are you are immediately, and I I love you, and I think you're incredibly smart, but you're immediately outdated. You're yeah. you're, you're you're out of luck. You, there's there's a, they can find it too fast at their phone. Yeah, you know all this stuff yeah. that you're teaching them. They they 
there's somebody who put it together a better presentation with a bigger budget and more oh, time for sure. with with more letters <laughs> after their name. So that's they can't that shouldn't be your goal anymore is not what to think but how to how to think. Yeah. And and that's what I can do and I I can teach you how to think. Yeah. And but if I'm going to teach you how to think then it's going to take getting to know you mm-hmm. to know what your personality is and the way that your brain works and how we can best facilitate stretching your mind and your imagination and your creative abilities to be able to kind of process through some of that. So yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, all that uh, t- led up to this idea of, um, you know, faith and, and what is then my role and then our role as Christians and, and uh, is it just to be a, a bountiful wealth of knowledge of things or, or how to kind of approach life and how to walk in the way of Jesus and live in that way uh, in, in today and using yeah. that interpretive lens and, I, in first service, I went through a list of what I called the difference between diminishers uh, and illuminators. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, when we, when we don't, when we're not aggressively trying to know somebody, then the traps that we fall into are uh, basically essentialism, stereotyping, mm-hmm. uh, boxing people in, thinking that our way, we have naive real, realism, which is basically uh, we can only objectively make sense of our version of reality and we cannot make sense how you could think that this could be true. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not the world that we live in, man. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, all kinds of different other egoism. Um, I always, I, I'm constantly concerned. Um, yeah, I'm constantly concerned about the way that I look and whether I'm coming across to you. Even when you're talking, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next to it. Come across and appear as clever. In second service, I just after in between services, I feel felt like I was running too long mm. after a new year to kind of do a really long <laughs> talk. So I cut all of that. Yeah, and I just kind of tried to in, in, intersperse that a little bit in a few things, but mm-hmm. didn't didn't mention that. So if, if you're, uh, yeah, I don't know, if you went online or shared it with a friend and, and then you went back and you're like, this is a different message. It's It wasn't. <laughs> it was just a modified version to yeah. kind of fit the yeah. bill sometimes. Yeah. And that's why second service sometimes is better, just to be fair <laughs> with you. <laughs> Because I'm always like, nah, uh, didn't work that well. Just yeah. Sometimes though, first service, um, first service like, response is better. you get um, funny, like funny things happen because you make weird mistakes. Yeah. Um, or like, some, yeah. I don't know, something weird will happen and that you like, oh, I'm not gonna do that second service. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you get like a little bit more spontaneous, Brent. I am. I take more chances in first because <laughs> the second one's the one that usually makes it out on the internet. Yeah. Uh, good. Anything else that stood out to you in terms of um, what we should talk about? I don't remember why, but you were, oh, you were talking about fixing something and having other problems, like discovering other problems. Oh, yeah. As soon as you solve one problem, you find out you have yeah. two more. I don't remember why you were talking about that, but um, it reminded me. I was saying it because AI is going to bring up oh, across yeah, yeah, yeah. like a bunch of cool stuff, which is awesome. And yeah. it's not like we should be like, and we're not Luddites. Yeah. We're like, we're approachable for technology. We yeah. should be. However, the advent of technology is also going to bring along with it other things as yeah. you know with yeah. social media yeah. be like oh it's so cool to have access to all my friends Ooh. also i've never been more obsessed with my image yeah. <laughs> weird okay. and i'm actually not connected and i'm actually well. not i don't actually know people <laughs> and i don't know how to handle situations yeah. and be around people yeah. Yeah. um and my anxiety's at an all-time high yeah it's weird. um so I was thinking, cause this, um, I actually, um, spontaneous surprise, um, bought myself a toilet for Christmas. Um, <laughs> wow. You went all out. Look at you. 
But that's it was a, that's not That's a planned. crazy Friday night. It was not planned. Yeah? Nor was it wanted. Lowe's, Costco, um, well, Home Depot, no, where'd you I just, go? Um, so my toilet stopped flushing on Christmas Day. Oh. And, that's an issue. Um, the water would drain, but it wasn't like actually flushing. Yeah. Um, turns out I had a clog. So I had Roto-Rooter come out and uh. to clear the clog. And they took the toilet off to clear the clog. And they discovered that my, like, the pipe that goes, that, like, takes all of the sewage out from the toilet uh, was not actually correctly um, set that's into my exciting. floor. Yeah. And the, like, flange that's around that pipe was uh-huh. just, like, spinning. And they were like, um, you you need a plumber to come out and fix this. Oof. And they're like, also, your toilet's really old and it's kind of, like, calcified. And that's probably why it isn't flushing very great anyway. And I was like, oh. And I was like, well. Since the plumber's coming out tomorrow anyway, can he just bring me a new toilet? Um, So yeah, that's what happened. I bought myself a new toilet. That's exciting. Yeah. Good for you. It was not that exciting. No, it is though. Now it's exciting because I have a new toilet. Because we just moved into our house and our house is 20 years old and I think it was original toilets with it. Oh, wow. And so when we moved in, we... Toilets only have a 10 year. That's their like lifespan typically is 10 years. And these ones were like the short... Like squatting, I'm, I'm taking too much business, but like I like the uh, like the extended uh, elongated bowls, and uh, and so we had some work done on the shutoff valves because our shutoff valves weren't working, which uh-huh. is like that's a dangerous thing when you have two levels on a house. Your yeah. upstairs level, the water doesn't completely shut off yeah, yeah. if you like need it. Yeah, and so we were like, well, we're going to change those, and then we did the same thing. Hey, while we're at it, yeah, since you're going to be here anyways. Let's put in some yeah. some new toilets, mm-hmm. and it, it's very exciting. Yeah, I do. Listen, I know that there are people who love to buy houses, uh, be, new or build new houses, mm-hmm. uh, because they want to be the first ones to sit on their toilets and go to the bathroom. <laughs> totally understand that. I get it. Here's an idea. This is a little cheaper. Instead of building a brand new house, just put in a brand new toilet. Put in a brand new toilet. <laughs> you get the same feeling and less of a mortgage. And if that just saved you a lot of money on this podcast, you're welcome. Uh, this is this is good for you. This is good because I totally understand. I totally uh, get it. But did you get a, a foam seat? No. <laughs> but it is a soft close. Yeah, oh, that's, uh, that, that's which is pretty, kind of fun. Yeah, those yeah, are kind of standard at this seat. point. I actually don't like foam seats. Could you they imagine? Do it, oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I made that as a joke because I can't even imagine calling the plumber and being like, "Hey, I, I want this new, but I also would love." foam padding on my on my chair how long like you just shouldn't be sitting on the toilet that long like yeah (laughs) try again later like (laughs) shouldn't matter but yeah uh yeah oh boy oh just the thought of those just the thought of those is is (laughs) makes me think of my grandma's house oh okay yeah that actually that makes sense yeah Yeah. so all right too funny um that was that was pretty much it i think pretty much it yeah okay I get it. All right. Uh, let's see. I open. You want to jump into or something? Yeah. I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. I'm do ready. You want me choose to choose my own adventure. I like Do this. you want me to talk about my research results? Okay. Or. Um, oh, oh, this is good. Here's why. You. <laughs> uh, so say your other one and then I'll tell you what I'm doing. Oh, or the Ukrainian drone war. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about war right okay, now. Okay, then. Yeah, let, let's talk about your results, because okay. you are actually going on a trip this weekend. Yes, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood. That's me knocking on the wood that uh, you're... Because uh, apparently we're supposed to get some weather on Wednesday, and I'm supposed to fly out guys, very early Thursday morning. She is so. flying to San Diego. <laughs> 
proverbially <laughs> or supposedly on Thursday. Uh, hopefully. When she walked in the room tonight, I said something like, can you believe this weather? Like, it's going to be bad this week. Like, this is going to be like blizzard warning. <laughs> They're like issuing things that are they haven't I issued think, in several years. I feel years. like it's going to be worse on the past than Oh, like it's going to be really bad on the past. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I wasn't sure if you were driving no, over no, to no. Seattle I'm to fly out. I'm flying to Seattle and then flying to San Diego. So that makes Seattle. it a little bit better. But yeah. I was like, I'm not sure that your trip is happening. And you should have seen the icy glare that she gave me. <laughs> it's very clear that she is very much looking forward to this trip, as she should. This is a big deal. But I, I was just like, don't like when, because it's really stressful for me. Like, if you want to peak my anxiety the most, yeah. change a plan like this on me last minute. Yeah. Because... <laughs> well, I'm... To be, to be I know, clear, not you. I'm I not meant, changing like, the your universe, plans. Right? You do you. Yeah, but I meant the universe. <laughs> Mother Nature yeah. is telling because, you. Because it's like, okay, do I have to figure out a different way to get there? Like, what do I just not go? What does that mean? Right. Like, how does that work? I'm going to miss this opportunity to, like, present my research, which I've been working on for two years now. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be... This is my, like... Year two, this is the like big one where I present for you know and, the conclusion of it. And so. you told me that you're flying a seven Boeing seven thirty seven Max. That's the and other that thing you have on MP. A window seat, <laughs> and I I recommended switching to an aisle seat, and you said why, mm. and I said because apparently doors are optional at uh. Uh, at ten thousand fifteen thousand feet at this point for. Uh, yeah, I I heard that on NPR driving or driving to school, and I was like, "What?" Did you watch the video of it? No, I like a lot of times with those things, I can't see a visual of it. Um, it like it doesn't. I don't know. Like the way my brain works, it's super duper visual, and so I sometimes can't pro- like that information's too much for me. So if you, let me catch you up if if this is all coming at you as <laughs> new because this happened just a couple of days ago. No, uh, like yesterday, 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 yeah. happened yesterday. Um, a, a plane left at flying PDX, out of Portland, flying out of Portland. Yeah, got like up in the air, didn't even like really reach height, and then one of their little panel things on the side of the plane flew off. Yeah. It's supposed to be there. Uh, because there's potentially could be a door there, mm-hmm. but you don't have to put a door there. And it was they call it a plug, which is a great name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the plug blew out, and there was just and open it, air rushing in. Well, and it, I think it like hit one of their engines or something too, right? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, All okay. I know is that there was supposed to be somebody sitting in that seat, yeah. right next to there, and they missed their connection flight and yeah. missed their flight. Yeah, and who knows what would have happened? No. Uh, yeah, they, I'm sure only the, like no one died. Just a couple of people got injured. Yeah, thankfully. But right. you're they right. Right around and they landed yeah. back at Portland and it was a big deal. And now yeah. it's like Boeing Gate. Yeah. And it whatever. was an Alaska flight and I'm flying Alaska. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and they canceled 20 percent. I know. Of their flights That's the other thing. And I checked today. My flights are still there. But I don't you know, yeah. I don't know. It's oh, man. Like Hey, the world is conspiring if right you, now. If you don't make it to San Diego, we could like, you know, get together and watch the world <laughs> is ending or whatever that movie I just mentioned is. The world's about to end. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. That's really what it is. That's great. But anyway, do you want to hear yeah, about I my... Yeah, I do. Okay. I want to hear. So you have been working for the last couple of years, two yep. summers, on a uh, wine grape. What are the effects of smoke on wine grapes yeah. and their development? Yeah. Did so, I summarize that correctly? Uh, kind of. So... <sighs> um. A wine, so wine grapes get exposed to smoke because yep. they grow well in arid areas and 
like, you know, because of climate change and everything, our areas often have wildfires. So think California, think uh, Eastern Washington, think Australia, right? Those are big wine growing regions. Even in Europe, um, a lot of those wine growing regions are butted up against a little bit more arid places. And so they um, they will experience more wildfires. Um, so about like 10, 15 years ago, um, particularly in Australia, they started noticing these like effects happening in the wine. They would get these wines that were just like awful. Um, they tasted like a cigarette ashtray, smelled like a cigarette ashtray or like burning rubber or like the, these just like awful, awful smells. And they were like, geez, what is going on? So Australians started doing some research. Um, they found these like... Um, chemicals that they kind of like identified these chemicals that were causing it. Um, and then, so there's just been a lot of research the past like 10, 15 years about it. And there's a professor at WSU Tri-Cities um, who I got to work with, who is the, he's actually the person in the United States who's been researching this the longest. Um, so he's kind of a big deal. Not that you would know that talking to him. Um, he's really like humble and down to earth and um, chill. And so, um, and like very approachable and like willing to teach. And he's a really great guy. Um, his name's Dr. Tom Collins. Um, and he, so he has a lab at WC Tri-Cities and they do, um, they do like intentional smoke exposures in the summer. So they go out to our test vineyard and this is kind of what I was helping with. And they look at, uh, and they like cover certain sections and then they put, we like And they give smoke. you a pack of Marlboros. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then you <laughs> smoke the entire we pack. We use like a meat smoker, like a Traeger. It's not a Traeger. It's like a Smokey Joe or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we burn smoker pellets. Um, and then uh, we like pipe that with a fan into the vineyard and expose certain sections of the vineyard to that smoke for 36 hours. Um, and usually in the summer, it's like three to five times, kind of depending on weather and depending on like personnel and those kinds of things. Um, and so I was doing that for the past two summers. And then, um, but what I was looking at was how the plant itself is like dealing with those smoke chemicals. So plants, like, I don't know if you knew this, but they make sugars in the leaf. Sure. Through a process called photosynthesis. Yes. I remember that from yep. ninth grade biology <laughs> class. But that's that's pretty much the only place that they do photosynthesis, but they need those sugars all over their body, right? And so they have a process called translocation where they will move the sugars around their body in order to like get them where they need them. And for fruiting plants, um, while, while ripening is happening, the fruit is where most of that sugar is going. Sure. Um, and so these two things are important to know because um, one thing that vines do when they have those smoke chemicals come in is they like put a sugar on them because um, that lets them like move it around easier and kind of neutralizes it and they can like stick it in a vacuole easier or stick it somewhere else where they don't have to like um, deal with it. Um, and those are called, and so my question is like how much of those smoke chemicals are getting moved from the leaf into the grape berry itself. Yeah. Um, and so I covered some grape vines with paper, um, in the smoke houses and then took samples and ran chemical analyses on them. And you don't have to know all of that necessarily, although I'm going to talk about it on Friday, hopefully, if I can get to San Diego. Yeah, via Zoom. Sure. Um, and <laughs> that would be so sad. <laughs> hey, everybody, in warm San Francisco uh, or San Diego. Um, 
so um, I actually found some exciting things. Yeah. Um, and um, it's nothing like publishable yet or like statistically significant yet, but we found a really strong trend that um, that there is actually translocation happening. Um, and the chemicals are going in, are being moved from the leaf to the berry. Um, and the reason we can kind of say this is because on my samples that I covered the berries, um, there was still, there was only like a 75% reduction in the amount of smoke chemicals. So there's still 25, like from, they're still getting some of that still flavor some through of it. photosynthesis, not just exposure from the berries. Well, from translocation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so photosynthesis doesn't care, but, Correct. um, through the plant moving those sugars into the berries. Yeah. Um, and, and it was consistent across um, multiple smokehouses and it was consistent across like all of the different chemicals, like marker chemicals that we're looking at. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, really interesting. And it's kind of a big deal because um, previous research has said that translocation isn't actually that important. Um, and there isn't that much going in. Only like one or 2% is going in. Um, but they were only looking at the smoke chemicals that don't have a sugar on them yet instead of looking at the, and I was looking at the smoke chemicals that have a sugar on them. Um, and so this changes how like industry and how like wineries will help try and help mitigate. Cause right now the general, like they just, if they're going to put a barrier spray or do something like that, they only do it on the berries. Coat the berries, right. Um, and so it's really going to bring into question, like how are we trying to mitigate this? Um, so Dr. Collins is really, really excited about it. That's and awesome. again, it's not something that can be like published exactly yet. Um, just cause it's like so small sample sizes and that stuff. Um, but it's enough to, for him to be able to ask for money to research it more. Um, and for him to be able to like spend more time working on like, what is that actually doing? How is that actually working? I love it. So then you, so you're going to become a public author, public <laughs> well, published it's author. Possible. And then <laughs> you get to buy a yacht no. with all of your, no, no, your no, no, literary no. proceedings. No. No? No. Oh, okay. That's not how There's it not that much money in, in well, uh, viticultural research? Well, there is, research. but not for me. Did you, were you impressed that I knew viticultural <laughs> yeah, research? Yeah, I was. That was good. Um, viticulture and enology, because viticulture is like the wine, yeah. is the berry, is like the vines, and then enology is like the actual winemaking. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So, Super yeah. Super fun. It was really exciting, though, and I, because that was really my goal. Like, I didn't think I'd actually find anything exciting, um, but I wanted to, like, do enough that a grad student or someone would look at it and they'd be like, I want to look at that more. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, and so it's fun that you spent a summer doing something and that there's something to show for it. Yeah. Cause I graduated from high school and did a summer internship out at the, uh, tank farms, the B tank farms. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, talked about water runoff and make sure that we built berms big enough that if it rained, bolt, both days that it rains in the Tri-Cities here, that the water <laughs> You say that, but it's been raining for like five weeks yeah, straight. Yeah, that the water wouldn't go down into the, it would have a, like a, a, like a, st a strategic runoff so uh -huh. it wouldn't go into the tanks. And uh, I spent all summer doing that and uh, there was no, there was no, there was no offer to publish any sort of research. <laughs> That's not or anything. No, it was, it was more like, congratulations, you dug a ditch well. Yeah. And, uh, you know. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. Good job by you. That was where we got. Uh, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm excited for you. Yeah. I, I really do hope 
that your plane takes off. I hope that all the doors stay on, and I hope that you get to San Diego and people are blown away. And that the, I feel like it, like a movie scene that they just stand up and applaud when you're done. Yeah, I don't think and that hoist will you up on their shoulders. It was funny though because I did. I like went on, on Friday. I went and practiced my talk, and it's gonna like I only have 12 minutes to say all of this, and yeah. like it's a lot and. Yeah, we're, um, we're at 38 yeah. right now. So, <laughs> well, we would, I didn't just talk about this, Brent. Um, and um, the one of the like other professor guys there was in the room and he was talking to me and he was like, I don't know, we were talking about something and whether it needed to be in for like my audience. And he was like, well, you might get some real nerdy, like if there's a nerdy guy in the audience, nerdy person in the audience, you might get that question. And I was like, I, this is, my audience is a room full of yeah. science teachers. I was like, it will be chock full of nerdy humans. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. The nerdiest. He, he laughed pretty heartily. He Absolutely. thought that was funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Out of solidarity with you, I will be, uh, I'll crack o- open some wine uh, on Friday <laughs> and smoke a cigar in your honor. Just to be like me and Megan making this thing happen. How does that sound? Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> My something interesting is a pretty cool announcement, actually, like a little breaking news sort of thing that just Ooh. came through today. Um, do you remember our advent art in the the ramp going down? Yeah, Scott down. the Painter. Scott the Painter. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylie, over the weekend, reached out to Scott the Painter because he's doing a show. He's doing like a traveling show in a bunch of different spots. And uh-huh. he was looking for recommendations for places he should bring his show. And she said, hey, I know a theater in Richland oh. that would love to have you. And uh, so then he said, well, give me some information. And she did. And then he reached out to me via email. Uh, and then we spoke on the phone earlier today. And uh, I'm excited Are to announce. Are you like a little bit celebrity? Scott, the painter <laughs> is coming to the Tri Cities really cool. in February. February 23rd, I believe. It's a Friday. Okay, yeah. He's going to be doing a show here. No information on tickets yet. Watch. Go to uh, his uh, Instagram page, Scott the Painter, and look for He's going to be announcing it in, here in the next couple That's of really days. That's really cool. But you, if you listen to this podcast, you're the first <laughs> to know. Well, I texted my <laughs> wife after I got off the phone with him, so she was the first to know. Yeah. But then this is the, <laughs> you're the second to know uh, that a really cool artist that we really, really like, I think he's a very creative person, is going to really, come really and cool. do his show here. So. Uh, anyways, I, I don't know how much their uh, tickets are going to be. I do know space is limited because I know the space of our theater. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's what I do know. And uh-huh. if you're checking to see if if I can let you in the back door or doing something secret, just come and support local art and yeah. that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just do that. Uh, anyways, uh-huh. it'll be great. All right. I think that'll do it yeah. for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. We'll be back. Not next week. No. Because you're gone. I Yeah. I mean, technically, I will be here on Monday. But Here's what I she already told, me. told Brent. I'm what not did you gonna tell li- me? I said, I mean, I'll be back, but I'm not going to listen to your message. I'm not going to listen to your message. <laughs> I don't have time for that with all my new cool friends. <laughs> That's not what I said. I didn't say anything about all the my new cool friends. Cool San Diego. All I said was, San I'm not going to listen friends. <laughs> you're going to come back and say, San Diego. No, I was in I'm San not. Diego drinking wine. <laughs> And smoking <laughs> tiny cigarettes with long metal sticks. <laughs> like a French, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with what that. What are you doing? Well, Cruella de Vil. That's what I think uh, of. Like uh, her little why cigarettes. Is Sandy- well, yeah, I know what this is. San Diego. Because you say San Diego. Oh, my God. Because you're so bougie now. <laughs> Flying to California in the winter. So, all right. Uh, bye, guys. Bye.